Welcome to the I Made This For You podcast with your host, Joelle DeGenia. On today's episode, we have two-time NBA champion and DMV legend, Quinn Cook. We talk all things Duke, playing at DeMatha and Oak Hill, his NBA journey, and his passion for basketball. It's a good story on determination and showing up, and I hope you enjoy. Your story's just like full of grit and not giving up, and I think that's important to people who don't have a linear path to the NBA, and... I just want you to be able to share your story and what you're all about. So thank you. For no, I appreciate that. That means a lot. Thank, thanks for those words. I appreciate it. Excited to share it with you. Of course. So you grew up in PG County, which is also a very basketball heavy environment. Can you tell me the time that you first picked up a basketball and what got you interested into that sport? Yeah. Um, I think the earliest um, memory of me playing basketball, my parents owned a sports bar in Northwest um, Washington, DC. It was called fourth and goal. And uh, I can just remember, you know, being in a sports bar all day. But uh, my dad put like a, a small basketball court, um, like a Fisher Price court in the bar. And I can just remember like everybody like coming in there, always like shooting it with me and me just running back and forth in the bar. Um, I was kind of like the bar's mascot. Um, and I just always had a basketball. So um, we moved to Maryland and then my dad got me into um, like mini mix and, and playing county. I was playing with a KLM, Kettle and Largo Mitchellville um, county team. And just from there, um, I started to play AAU and stuff. But the earliest, um, when I was, you know, two, three years old, just running around a sports bar. That's actually really funny. I didn't know that about you. I did a lot of research, but I feel like that part wasn't part of your, um, that wasn't like really in the news. So that is a cool fact. You mentioned AAU. Can you talk more about, your team and I guess like that part of your life because I feel like when you're on the outside you don't really understand the stories that go into A you just see the yeah. travel and the life of it but can you tell us any stories about your teammates your time yeah. playing kind of just like your favorite memories from AAU yeah so like I said I started playing uh mini mix and then I started playing county and my um my head coach for county his name was um Joe Dobbins coach Dobbins and uh he like to start our, our AU team. It was full of our county team. Um, it was myself. It was uh, Jeremy Grant was on the team. Jaron Grant was on the team. Um, a couple other guys who played, uh, Brian Allen, who plays, you know, high overseas, played at Oak Hill, played at DeMatha. Um, and we started to play AU. He formed an AU team um, called the Mitchellville Trailblazers, obviously, because we were Kettering Lago Mitchellville. So um, we did that. And I, um, I joined the PG Jaguars the next year. Um, then we changed our name to Main Event Cobras. We won a national championship at 10 years old. Um, met my best friends of my life on that team. And uh, after that, I played with the uh, PG Bulls for a year. And then I played with DC Assault. I started DC Assault at 12. And I played um, DC Assault from 12 all the way to 17. So um, DC Assault was probably the team that I played um, – kind of got me, you know, to that, you know, next level of just, you know, uh, being a professional, you know, knowing that I can, you know, play high division one basketball um, with their, you know, pedigree, just, it was the biggest, you know, team around here, you know, when I was growing up. So it was really an honor just to play for DC Assault. And uh, it was the best, you know, time for me for basketball, just because it was, it was pure. Um, you know, it wasn't, you know, the business that, goes into college and the business that goes into being a professional. But, um, you know, when you're playing high school basketball, you, you know, you, 
you gotta go to school. It's like if you get in trouble in school, you know, it, you might not. Well, I know in my school, if you got in trouble, like you wouldn't play and stuff. But AU, it was just like just pure hooping, pure basketball. So that was definitely kind of like the funnest time I've ever had playing, which is when I was playing AU. I missed that the most. You mentioned Dematha. If you're not from the DMV, I feel like Dematha's kind of. You can correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Dematha was our version of Sierra Canyon because Dematha was like always on like ESPN. You guys had a lot of people coming in just to see you. Like you have to pay to get to the games, which I went to a school where you didn't have to pay because like our uh, school is not that good at basketball. But Dematha, I feel like everyone knew who was on Dematha. Anytime you could, you could name at least like two players on Dematha that was going pro. Um, yeah. Can you talk more about your time with Dematha? Because you also played with Victor Oladipo and yeah. just what it was like playing under that pressure i guess because dematha wasn't just a regular school it was a like you were expected to go somewhere yeah, for sure for sure definitely a powerhouse you hit it right on the nose definitely a powerhouse um in my time um growing up you know we had probably the greatest um high school coach ever if not the greatest and you know one of the most respected coaches ever in morgan wooten um you know um may he rest in peace um i grew up going to his camp every year and you know what he's done for, you know, not just the area, but for the game of basketball. I mean, he was in the Hall of Fame while he was coaching. So, um, you know, that's the pedigree that we grew up under, you know, just just legendary coaching, this legendary score at DeMatha. And uh, obviously when Mike Jones, the next coach who took over after him, um, he started to recruit me in the fifth grade. Funny story. Um, I think my mom was like carpooling to go pick up my sister. I think she was like, she was not think she was in middle school. And uh, I was in the fifth grade and, you know, Coach Coach Jones went to um, our middle school to go, well, my, my sister's middle school to go recruit. And uh, my my mom just sees him and just introduces herself like, hey, I'm Janet Cook, blah, blah, blah. I have a son who's like, you know, pretty good, like, you know, but he, and he's like obsessed with the math. And, you know, Coach Jones probably gets parents coming up to him. 10 times a day saying their son is really, really, really good. But uh, that that next year, I, my mom took me to, you know, DeMatha camp and uh, I met coach and, you know, I mean, I played really well and, you know, he started to recruit me after that. And we just had a bond that was like no other. So, um, you know, I entertained some other schools, you know, uh, I entertained all the kind of WCAC schools, but, you know, I knew where I wanted to go. And my dad really wanted me to go to DeMatha just because the pedigree and a lot of people were telling me that I wouldn't play right away because we had so many guys at DeMatha already. It was guys coming in. We had the number one player in the class above me, Josh Shelby coming. He was a point guard. Um, They had so many guards there, but my dad was just like, man, look, you might not play your freshman year. You might not play your sophomore year, but every single day in practice, you're going to be playing against the best players in the country and in the area. So it's the only way you're going to get better. And uh, we always embraced competition. So, you know, I ran right to it. And uh, I ended up starting my freshman year. But uh, um, that was just our mindset. That was just me and my father's mindset was just embracing the competition and not just looking at it like I might not play. But if I'm playing against the best players every day who's older than me, faster than me, stronger than me, I can only get better. So um, that was my mindset and, and it ended up working out. But, you know, it was the greatest time for me just because, you know, just to have that jersey on, you know, every game we played in was everybody's biggest game of the year. Um, it was a sellout every game just to play on that stage, have people, you know, coming at you every single game. It was no, it was games. It was no nights off. So um, I learned a lot, you know, from my freshman to junior year. So 
it's something that I'm always thankful for, you know, that Coach Jones, you know, believed in me. Junior year, that was the last year you played with the Matha, and then your senior year, you decided to go to Oak Hill, yeah. which is also like a powerhouse school. Kevin Durant played there. Yeah. Carmelo Anthony played there, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. There's just like so many nicknames that played at that school. What made your decision to switch from DeMatha to Oak Hill? Look, sorry, I'm going to re-ask this. What was your decision to pick Oak Hill instead of finishing your final year at DeMatha? Yeah, it was tough. It was really, really tough. I think that was probably the biggest decision that I had to make um at 17 years old man just my junior year you know I kind of came in with my best friends Victor and Jaron Grant um they were a year older than me but um their freshman year when I was in the eighth grade they played freshman so we all like got on varsity together we literally did everything together we worked out together we did everything and you know we won two straight championships and they were going to college and I had you know one player of the year I had won every individual award I I could win. And uh, I just think I needed a new challenge. Um, and it was kind of getting overwhelming, you know, my mom being um, a single mom at the time and, you know, helping my sister and just me and just, it was just a lot on her plate. And I just felt like um, there was really nothing I could prove the next year. I mean, I could have added to like my, you know, area legacy and be the first to get two player of the years and, you know, win three straight championships, which, you know, I kind of still think about t till today, like what could have been. Um, but, you know, Oak Hill was like the next dream for me. Like, you know, always it was locally DeMatha and even nationally it's always been DeMatha. But like at that time, even till today, Oak Hill was like the school. And, uh, you know, my older brother, Nolan Smith, my god brother, he played two years there. So, you know, going to watch him play, um, going to his graduation, um, building a relationship with Coach Smith at Oak Hill. It was like, man, if I ever, you know, get good enough to go to Oak Hill, I mean, that would be great. And then uh, my junior year, Coach wanted me to come, but I didn't, you know, I wanted to, to finish, you know, at DeMatha. But how everything transpired my junior year, I just felt like I needed a new challenge. And uh, Oak Hill was the perfect spot for me. Played a national schedule. Um, we played 40 games. Uh, I was a boarding school. I was away from my family. So it kind of got me, you know, mentally and physically, you know, prepared for college, just living, being away from my mom, being away from my sister, just being away, just starting fresh. Um, but it was great. That year was great. Um, I got hurt right before the season, so I wasn't 100%, which, you know, that's the only regret that I have, and I wish I was 100%. But, you know, we ended up losing the national championship. Um, but, uh, you know, it was great. It was great. And Coach Smith, like I was talking to Coach Smith last night, um, our our head assistant, B-Rock at Oak Hill, he, he was texting me this morning. So that's like my other family. So definitely thankful, you know, for Oak Hill uh, welcoming me with open arms. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to be a part of that legacy and that tradition. Do you think, you mentioned Oak Hill being a boarding school and preparing you for college. When did Duke come into the picture when it came to rec recruiting? Yeah, um, great question. Like I said, uh, you know, Nolan Smith has kind of been like, you know, he's my god brother. He's my idol. So I always, like, emulated him. I always copied him because um, he was going in the right direction. Um, so, you know, he went to Oak Hill, and after Oak Hill, he went to Duke. So, you know, once he got to Duke, that was my favorite team. So when he was there, if I had time, like, for spring break when I was in, spring break when I was in high school or, like, any time in the summer, you know, I was going to Oak I was going to Duke and uh, just meeting Coach K when I was young and develop developing a relationship with him. And then I got offered my freshman year, 
like late in my freshman year, we played in North Carolina, we played against John Wall, um, his high school team in the, in the championship. And I was a freshman. I was the only freshman in, I think, history at the time to make first team all tournament in that tournament out there. And, uh, you know, Duke started recruiting me right from then. But I kind of already had a relationship with the coaching staff because my brother was there. So I was up there all the time. But obviously, you know, when Coach K kind of called me and started recruiting me, it was a dream come true. Um, so it was up and down, like, my entire um, high school career. But I think my junior year, when I kind of, like, took that next step, you know, Coach kind of, you know, um, like, made me, like, like the priority, you know, as a point guard. So that felt good for my hard work to pay off and have Coach K, like, calling you every day, every other day, coming to see you play and stuff like that. So, um, you know, it was it was a, a easier decision for me to go to Duke just because I was comfortable with Coach Nolan being there. He had just won a championship. So it kind of made everything easy. Do you remember your visit at Duke? Because I watch a lot of sports shows and I yeah. always see like the process of a student getting recruited. And I'm just like, is this actually real? Like, do they really take you out to all these bars or whatever? I don't know if shooters was, shooters definitely have to be a thing when you were at yeah. Duke. Um, yes. But like, can you take me back to the moment that you went to visit and you were like, obviously like you had connections and everything, but yeah. your visit that just like sealed the deal. That was like, okay, yeah. this is where I'm meant to be. Um, to be honest, like obviously I had been there um a lot. I took, you know, a quote unquote a lot of unofficials, but um to go there for like my actual official visit, um it was amazing. It was great. It was obviously they did countdown to craziness, like their midnight madness, um, to celebrate, you know, the team for that coming year. And, you know, the year before that they won the championship. So it was a crazy environment, crazy thing. And I can remember you know, Austin Rivers was committed there already. And obviously Austin was top three in our class, top two. And, uh, you know, when we got there, he made sure like his official visit was when I was coming. And like Austin was just like recruiting me as hard as Coach K was. So like for Austin to be like this, like this sensation, this, this, this big time, like the whole weekend was about me. And for Austin to like to to put his visit like all about me, that like, just meant a lot to me. And then just to see like the coaches, like determination about me and just, you know, trying to do anything to make me and my mom and my sister happy. Um, It was great. So uh, like I knew I was, I wanted to go, but I still kind of had to like play cause I still, um, you know, I had to be professional. I had other schools that I was talking talking to and stuff like that. But like, you know, my, my visit, my official visit was crazy. It was a great experience and uh, you know, they just they just filled me with love, and uh, you know, they sold me right away. Of course. Um, so you mentioned Duke, Austin Rivers. When you get to Duke, how easy was that transition from high school basketball going to college basketball? Uh, it wasn't easy at all. It wasn't easy at all. Uh, I mean, I came like I said, I was hurt my entire senior year. Um, you know, I went to McDonald's All American game. We had like two days, and then uh, we played the game on a Wednesday. And we had the national high school tournament start on that Thursday. So like I played a week straight at like high level. Like, you know, at the McDonald's on American game, you're playing, practicing against the best players in the country. We got scouts there. So we're just doing like the most and playing the game, played really well in the game. Um, the McDonald's game, we won. We got I would get on the flight, meet Austin. Um, Mick Cabana, it was like a couple of us who were McDonald's Americans flew to the national high school tournament. And we played Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, championship. So I played like that whole week of just like high level, high intensity basketball. 
and uh, we ended up losing. And my leg was swollen, like I couldn't walk. Like my leg, like my knee was like a a cantaloupe. Like it was, I couldn't walk. Um, I got it drained the next week, and I had Team USA. I had the hoop summit. Didn't practice, but they let me play. I played in the game, and then I went to Duke, and then they shut me down. So from April to October, like I was doing rehab, I was shut down. So I kind of came in a little, you know, uh, behind. You know, we went to China, we went to Dubai, we played some games my freshman year that summer. So I didn't play. So I was just kind of a, a step behind. But uh, it was just tough, just because like I had to adapt. I had to change. You know, you know, instead of me being on the ball the entire time, I had to come in the game and be a defender. I had to, you know, uh, play the play just a different role that I never played in my life, which was which was fun. Um, but I had to just change. I had to get in shape. I had to change my body. And I just had to, you know, buy in. And once I bought in my sophomore year, I took off. But uh, the transition wasn't wasn't hard. I mean, it was hard just because the basketball was easy. Like, the basketball is bad. We're, we were hoopers. But, like, the all the other stuff that comes into it, like going to sleep early because you got conditioning at 5 a.m. Don't be – like, you don't got your mom to tell you to go to sleep until you get off the game. You got to get off the game. So, um, it was a definitely a, a, a wake-up call for me, but, you know, it ended up paying off. And then somewhere in the picture, Seth Curry joins and it kind of – I'm gonna, I'm not going to say, like, helps push your game, but it definitely changed the aspect of the team a little. Can you talk more about Seth joining the team? Yeah. So Seth was there before me. He was there. Um, he sat out a year, the year they won it. Um, he played a year before I got there. Um, and, uh, like, it was me, Seth, and Austin supposed to be all in the backcourt. But, uh, you know, I didn't handle what I was supposed to do. So um, it was Austin and, and Seth and Tyler Thornton, one of my best friends in the world. They were all in the backcourt. And, uh, you know, we had an okay year where we ended up losing in the first round, which was tough. But that next year, that senior year, my sophomore year, me and him, like the only backcourt that was that was on our level was the 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 team that ended up winning it was Louisville with Russ Smith and Peyton Siva. And we beat them in the Bahamas. Um when we were healthy. Then they beat us in the Elite Eight. Um but uh man Seth a lot of people don't know Seth like I think he, I don't wanna I don't wanna say the wrong injury, but he I wanna say he had like a a fracture in his tibia or something like something where he couldn't practice. So like a lot of people don't know, like Seth, Seth Curry senior year, my sophomore year, he did not practice. He would walk through our stuff. Like if we were guarding, like how we would guard the next team, we'll, like our walkthroughs, he would walk through it. But when we went live, he didn't practice. So the only time he would go live was when like we were playing games, but he took my game to another level just because I really saw like how you score efficiently at the college level. And uh, I don't know how many points he averaged, but every big game he he took over the scoring. Him and, and Mason were our best players, two of the best players in the country. And just to be that third guy with those guys were great, and they trusted me. They wanted me with the ball in my hands, making plays at the end of the game. And you know we all had a great rapport. So um, I still talk. I talk to Seth every single day. Um, I probably talk to Seth now more now than I did when we were in school. But uh, nah, great, 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 great. Um, player great leader Seth is and was but you know just for him to go undrafted and to do two years in the D league and you know he's made a lot a lot of money in the NBA and he's playing a great role in the league now every team he goes to just he's just a worker man and I'm so happy for him and he's a guy who I emulated as well like 
how many years am I going to be in the G League or uh, undrafted? Like, I remember when I didn't get drafted, I called him a couple um, days after. So um, he's been a big brother to me, and I'm definitely happy that I got to share the backcourt with him. Sure. I also feel like Seth is a player that gets slept on mainly because of his brother, which, like, yeah. obviously that's going to happen. But I feel like his game doesn't get appreciated enough. But yeah, um, yeah, I do appreciate yeah. you shouting him out and telling that story. But then things started coming together your senior year because that's when you won the yeah. Duke championship. Yep. And can you tell us why you think that team worked out so well and like what made that team yeah. special to pull it all together after being there for so many years? Yeah, um, it was definitely rewarding. Like I wanted to leave after my sophomore year. Um, I wanted to go to the league, didn't know, you know, um, if I would be first or early second round. I knew I would have got drafted, but I wasn't ready. I was 19. I wasn't ready to play against grown men every single day and and, and live that, you know, NBA life. But uh I'm happy I came back, but my junior year, we ended up losing in the first round. We had a talented team, Jabari Parker, Rodney Hood um, on our team, but, uh, you know, just couldn't couldn't figure it out that year, lost in the first round, and we just came back hungry. We had, you know, a great freshman class, Jaleel Okafor, Grayson Allen, Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow's come back with hungry, you know, upperclassmen. Um, you know, uh, and everybody just came in selfless. Um, I didn't go home at all that summer. We lost. I probably went home for spring break maybe three, four days. Then I, I went straight to OKC, um, start working out with KD um, that whole summer. Like I went, I went to that whole summer. I stayed at Duke and a couple weekends, I flew to LA to work out with KD. Um, I was at his MVP year. And uh, that was it. I mean, I just wanted to show the, 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 the freshmen, like, you know, I wanted to lead by example, not just with my voice, but by example. Like, so every drill we did, I wanted to win. Every sprint, I wanted to win. Every one-on-one -on -one thing, every defensive, competition I wanted to win I wanted to show them but also like you know just loving them and welcoming them and showing them the way and uh you know those guys could have came in um cocky they were the best players in the country we had just lost they could have been we here now but they were just so selfless and so humble and uh you know we had eight players and and we got it done and, and end up being coach K's last you know NCAA championship but a uh, special special group and like me winning that championship and me not getting drafted. Like if it if it if it had to go another way, if it was me losing in the final four, losing the championship, losing in the sweet sixteen, and me getting drafted versus me winning the championship at Duke and me not getting drafted, I'll choose me winning the championship, not get drafted every single day. Just because the the story that's behind it and, and how many people that's it's inspired and you know, I've made teams just for being on that team, just being a leader and catalyst on that team and me and coach have an unbreakable bond. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm so happy I stayed in school. I, from someone who was on the outside, there was years where I was a UNC fan, which like, I probably shouldn't say this, Um, but from your perspective, why do you think people hate Duke outside of you guys just like having this winning history? Like, what is it about Duke that makes people so mad? Because I yeah. was like, I was like, I wasn't mad at watching yeah. Duke. Um, but I just didn't get why people were so passionate about hating you guys the yeah. way that they did. I thought that was kind of ridiculous. But from a player's perspective, what did you think about all the hate that Duke got? I mean, I loved it. Um, like it, 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 it was the same way how Demantha was. Like, you know, everybody hated Demantha who like weren't a part of the Demantha family. Everybody hated Oak Hill. Like, um, growing up, like growing up in you know Maryland, Terp country and Georgetown, Hoya country. I mean, Duke is like. <laughs> Like, UNC was cool. Like, UNC, like, I never 
heard anybody say, oh, man, I hate UNC. I hate Roy Williams. I hate blah, 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 all my life. Man, I hate Coach K, man. I hate the Blue Devils. But as I'm young, I'm like, why you hate him? Because you can't beat him? Like, I was always that guy. Like, like, but then growing up, like, everybody hated the Lakers. Everybody hated the Celtics. Everybody hated the Patriots. Everybody hated Tom Brady. Now I'm just like, Tom Brady keeps winning. He just won another one. He just wins another one. Kobe and Shaq, they just keep winning. So um, I always attributed to just Coach Hey, just building something so great that, you know, if you can't beat them, you got to hate them. So, uh, and that's how sports, you know, sports, the casual fan always wants to see like the next person win and the next person win. It's like, why do you hate LeBron? Because he's always in the finals. Why do you hate Golden State? Because they're always winning championships. So I get it. Only person I never really saw that with, and obviously I wasn't living on a day to day basis that I can remember, but like, I don't know if Michael Jordan was getting that kind of hate. Um, I probably, he probably was, but I never, ever heard nobody was like, man, I hate Michael Jordan, blah, blah, blah. But growing up now, like even like when I was growing up, even now, you still hear, hear older people, man, I hate Larry Bird, man. He used to kill us or blah, blah, blah. So um, I always just felt like Duke was just so great, man. Just people just hate it. And I understand it. I get it. I feel like my generation is kind of the, I hate Michael Jordan era, but I just think that's because we pushed for a little bit. Yeah, no, for sure, for um, sure, for sure. But do you have a favorite Duke player? Because this sounds so weird, but I watched the 30 for 30, I hate Christian Leitner. And I think yeah. just like watching him embrace being a villain, I like a good villain. Yeah, um, sure. And Christian Leitner is like one of my favorite Duke players because of the fact that he embraces a villain. Yeah. But I also, I'm not adding this. I don't like Grayson Allen, but that's a whole <laughs> different story. Um, but I do really appreciate Christian Leitner being a villain. Do you have a favorite yeah. Duke player or someone that like, you looked up to? Does that yeah. have to be from your time? Um, it's like all time. Yeah, obviously, I mean, obviously, my my guy brother Nolan Smith is my play, my favorite player. Obviously, that's yeah. a given. But um, Jay Williams is like kind of was the one that kind of made me fall in love with like being a point guard at Duke. Um, and they used to have so many battles with Maryland. Oh man, uh, I remember I used to like get uh, you might be too young for this. I used to get like blank VCRs, and I would record the game on my VCR on my blank one, and I watch anytime Maryland and Duke played. I watched like the Miracle Minute. I, I remember really recording that because um, I had it practice. I couldn't watch it, but I remember I recorded it. The Miracle Minute was crazy. Duke was down like 20 in the final four to Maryland, came back and won. Um, Duke ends up winning in 2001, and then Maryland comes back and wins in 2002. So, like, just to see Jay Williams, like, like every like, – I was trying to watch every Jay Williams game. So, I would probably say Jay Williams was the my favorite player that, like, like I was just like obsessed with. And post college, what is the Duke Brotherhood like? Because I feel like you guys are such a strong network and yeah. rep each other really well. Even yeah. after years, you guys come back for camps, come back for yeah. games. What is it like to be a part of that legacy and just being there for the younger people and like molding yeah. the next generation of Duke players? Yeah, no, nah, great question. It's 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 a real thing. It's not just like the brand. It's not like just like our slogan, like. It's a real thing. Like when I was at Duke and then when I left Duke, I really felt like I played with a guy like Sean Dockery who played in 2002 to 06, a Chris Duhon who played in 01, and um, a Ricky Price who played 91, 92. I mean, like Grant Hill who played from 91 to 94. Like I really feel like I've played with those guys and they're 20 years, 10 years, five years older than me. 
Um, and I felt like I played with a Jason Tatum, who I'm five years older. And I felt like I played with a Harry Giles. And um, I felt like Tyrese Proctor is like my little brother who's there now. Um, it's a real thing. And it's genuine. It's not just force. It's not just social media push. Hey, let's just take this picture so we could. No, it's a real genuine thing. Like the former players, even when I was a player, I used to couldn't wait for K Academy um, in the summer so I could hang out with, you know, guys who played before me and learn from. Because sometimes, like at the end of the day, it's like we're still fans of the game. So, like, you can give me four days to hang out with J.J. Riddick and hang out with Kyle Singler and hang out with all these guys. This is like it's a dream come true. And uh, the people who, you know, see it on social media, like, can be like, oh, it can be like, it's a real thing. And that's one thing that I noticed, even when I was in school, even I was getting recruited, like, like I said, when I went to Countdown to Craziness on my official visit before I committed and they just won a championship, just to see so many guys who not, were not even on that team, like former Duke guys come back and celebrate that 2010 team. Um, it was just real and it didn't seem fake. Like it didn't seem fake. So uh, I was just so happy to even just be a part of it. And uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm just happy. I'm, 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 I'm thankful and I'm blessed just to be a part of that you know, tradition in that family because it's a real thing. And I ain't gonna lie, it's helped me get on teams. Like, Grant Hill got me on the team before. Like, when I didn't have nothing, Grant Hill got me on the team. Um, Coach K's power, and he still, like, coaches us to this day. And anytime we need a phone call or um, anything in the business world, I mean, everybody puts their heads together and their networks together and try to help each other. So, um, it's a real thing. You mentioned Harry Giles. His journey, I wouldn't say is kind of like yours, but do you give him advice because he used to be like the top guy? I remember hearing so much yeah. about him, and yeah. obviously his career isn't as linear as most. Yeah. Um, how did you did you help him in any way, or like how did you give him words of encouragement to keep yeah. going? Yeah, he's like a little brother. Like a, a he's probably one of the closer guys who I'm close with. Um, he calls himself a seven foot version of me. Like we we literally act the exact same. Um, so we always been clicked together. And I remember when he went to Oak Hill. He was the first, he was, I was the first person after his, you know, his circle. I was the first person he told um, when he announced it, he like put a picture of me and him together. Um, I remember when he committed to Duke, like I was with him when he committed to Duke. Um, but uh, for him, I'm just so proud. Like, I'm just so like, cause a lot of people can quit. And a guy like that, I mean, when you say that 2016 class, it was Tatum, it was De'Aaron Fox, it was Bam, it was Malik Monk. Like so many people in that class, Harry was the guy. So obviously in your head, obviously he didn't, he's gotten injured. It's not his fault. He's, he, he, he's, he's gotten injured. So like at the end of the day, he could feel bad about himself. People make fun of people all day on social media. He could take it a different way and he can do whatever, but you know what he does is he supports all his friends who he genuinely cares, loves about. Like he's Jason's biggest fan. He's everybody's my biggest fans. Everybody's biggest fan. And he works and he doesn't quit. He will never quit. So um, I'm trying to get back in the NBA. I'm I'm doing this and that. I'm working out. I'm I'm back at square one. But when I saw him sign, you know, to the Brooklyn Nets, like I literally felt like, man, I just felt like I made it. Cause I'm just so happy for him because he could be complaining. He could stop. He could just hang around Jason all day and, you know, be a part of his entourage or whatever. But he just loves basketball so much and he knows God gave him a gift and he doesn't want to. Um, you know, he knows the times where he couldn't play, couldn't run, couldn't walk, stuff like that. So, I mean, he's, a, he's so talented. Like, I seen him this summer in the Drew League just 
killing. So I'm just so happy he's back, man. It's, I'm I'm more proud. Like, I'm so proud of him. I'm more proud than, than, than anybody um, right now than him. He's He deserves all the success right now. Um, I do agree with that. I was a really big Harry Giles fan. Not even growing up. I just saw his name a lot because I knew who Jason was because of Brad. So obviously, yeah. like, those two, they were kind of put together a lot. So like, I right. got to follow their games from high school to college and like right. I, I have to agree with what you're saying with right. being proud of him making it obviously you know him more so it means more to you but yeah, yeah, it's cool sure. to see him get signed and finally sure. start his thing off but that also comes back to you because you didn't stop and you didn't quit after you didn't get drafted do you yeah. remember draft night and did yeah. you feel like you had to quit or like what was your motivation to keep going yeah great question um obviously like Getting ready for the draft, I thought, you know, I put myself in the best position, obviously winning the championship, being All-American that year. Um, just from college alone, I just felt like with my name and, and, and my resume, you know, I knew I had a shot, but uh, I went to the Combine. That was the first year they brought back five-on-five five because before that, they stopped doing five-on-five. Five. They just did interviewing and testing. Um, and obviously, testing, that's not really my strong suit. Like, I'm not the most athletic. I'm not going to walk in a room and just – you know, I'm not really going to pass the 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 the, the, the eye test. So I got to give them the court. I got to get in the interviews and I got to give them the court. So they brought back the five on fives. I'm like, oh, man, I'm good. And I can't, like I played really, really well. I shot the ball well. I was the best shooter there, but numbers-wise and, like, just playing, just being a point guard. Because college was never really, like, I love Duke, but I never really got to really, really, really hoop, like, you know, like I used to in AAU high school. But NBA with the spacing and the – Picking rolls, just that I have an NBA um, ready game. So just picking rolls and being a floor um, general and just being able to shoot um, and just changing the pace. I, I thought I did well. Workouts, you know, I, all my workouts, I think I had 12 workouts. I did two with the Clippers and I did two with OKC. And, uh, you know, draft night, man, like I, I told myself, like I didn't know where I would be, but like two weeks out before the draft, you know, the first, the, 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 the initial, you know, draft board came out and I was like early second round. So, cause I was like late, like I, they had me like at 50, 56, something had me on it. But the, the, the next one before the draft, it had me like 34. So I'm like, Oh, okay. All right, it's good. It's all right. We turned it in the right direction. So my mom was like, what do you want to do for the draft? I'm like, I don't know. We just had a couple people come over, whatever, whatever. So that morning of the draft, I was 26 going to Brooklyn. So I'm like, I might be first round. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So I was, I was like, Mom, you can have some people come over, whatever. So she rented out, you know, um, like the theater in her building. She was living in an apartment at the time. And she rented the theater. So I had like 30 people come over and uh, it was cool. But I end up my um, god sister, Nolan Smith, his sister, Sydney, she had an apartment in the same um, building. So I went to her room to kind of like just get away. So me and Nolan went upstairs and, you know, just pick by pick, pick by pick, not getting drafted. I'm like, man, I, I killed him in college. I killed him in this workout. Just name by name. I, I just became like frustrated. I just was getting jealous. I'm like, man, I'm better than him. Like, you know what I'm saying? But I don't feel bad just because that I have been waiting for this my whole life. So that's just my natural reaction. Like, how he get drafted? So I remember my agent called me. He was like, um, I think it was like the 42nd pick or 40 something. He was like, you know, OKC okay, so wants to draft you right here, but it's gonna be a 
a draft and stash. Basically, you'll get your name called, but they'll probably put you in the D League on that team. You can't go to training camp, can't do nothing. You're just going to play in the D League the whole year um, and get the D League salary and all that. So I'm like, you think it's good? He was like, nah, I mean, if you want to try to make a team or you want to go to training camp, um, it's not good. But if you want to hear your name called and say you got drafted for the next 40 years, blah, blah, blah. And I was just was like, I don't like it. Like, I don't, I don't want to do that. Like, I want to, I want to compete. And they was like, nah, we ain't going to do it. So they ended up drafting Dakari Johnson. And then the Suns, the Suns gave me the same deal at like 46. And I was like, nah, I ain't trying to do that. Like, I'm, I'm trying to, like, I'm trying to be on the NBA roster next year. So I passed up 42, 46, and I didn't get drafted. So my agent was just like, we're not, we're not, we're not, we don't want to get drafted from 47 to 60. And uh, so I didn't get drafted and everybody was like consoling me. I was crying. Like outside, I thanked everybody to come. I ran out in one of my uh my um homeboys' car. I cried. Um KD called me and uh it was back to work. I got back to the gym that night and uh I signed with OKC to go to summer league and you know, the rest was history. Two questions. One, do you think pre-draft uh pre-draft like ranks do you think they do more harm than good because i feel like the mock drafts that really gets in your head as a player you're like oh i'm going here and then when that doesn't happen do you, like you kind of question your worth of like what went wrong yeah. um and two do you mind telling us a little bit about what that phone call was like with kd yeah um <clears throat> great question i don't i don't know I, I don't i don't i don't know if they do harm or um or they help you um I think it's a good field to like maybe see where you're at or to see what, obviously, like the, the draft is just somebody's opinion or a group of people's opinion. So um, I don't know. I don't know how, you know, I think the NBA personnel front offices do so much research and so much due diligence on investing millions of dollars in these three kids that they might draft or two, four kids. Or, so I just, I don't know if they pay attention to it, but I think everybody kind of looks at them just to get a feel. Um, it could help you um, just to, all right, cool, it could be motivating or it could hurt you. Like, hey, if I'm, they got me going first round, maybe I don't got to work out twice a day or maybe, you know what I'm saying? So I just think it's the person. And, uh, you know, Kate called me when I was in the car. I was crying in my brother's car. He was like, just, you know, I feel for you. Head up. Like, you know, anytime I've ever been through anything in life, like K has always been there. And, uh, you know, every, a couple of people was calling me, but. You know, he had, he, I had declined the first one because I didn't even see who it was. Then he called me again. And I seen it was K. So I answered and he was like, man, I got you. Um, you are, you good. You know, you, you gonna, you gonna fall on your feet. You're an NBA player. Just give me confidence. And, uh, I mean, like, okay, see, like, like I, I worked out with him twice. They gave me the initial, um, what's the name? And I know he, 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 he was in their ear telling me, telling them about me and, and vouching for me and, Literally, like I signed with them just because my connection with him, I knew that they would do right by me because of him. Obviously, they'll do right by me because they're good people. But I know with their best player, you know, uh, backing me, you know, I know I'll have a chance. So, um, and the crazy thing is, obviously, like he was hurt. Obviously, we don't want, you know, I didn't want him to be hurt, but he was there the entire time I was there for the, you know, the summer league camp. And he came to, I don't know the last time he's been, you know, to a summer league um, in Orlando at the time. He came to Orlando and to watch me play, he came to every game. So uh, that was good, but he was just giving me some big brother advice, keep your head up, you know, letting me cry, letting me, you know, get it off my chest, but knowing that, you know, just giving me that encouragement, like, bro, you, you built for this, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint. I remember him saying that, it's a marathon, not a sprint. 
So, uh, no, definitely just, just to have somebody like that call you, like the MVP of the league call you when you know, you're feeling down um, was amazing. But he's always been like that my whole life. Um, can you tell us about the D League? Because the G League is obviously way different now. But back when you were playing, what was that like? What was the schedule like? What was yeah. basically the living environment? Because I feel like the way that we see it now, it's completely different. And more players yeah. decide to take that route. Which yeah. I feel like they wouldn't do if it was still the D League. So, like, what was your experience? In the, and um, you were like going off in the D League, like. Yeah, 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 yeah. Now it was great. I mean, it was great. It was, it was definitely like a different world, but it was just a sacrifice. Um, I can remember, like, I was broke. Like, we we didn't have NILs. We didn't have any of this. So I had no money. I was getting money from selling my Duke stuff, my Duke jerseys and stuff after, um, I graduated. But like, I ain't really had no money, so. You know, I got offered some big deals to go overseas right away because obviously I came from Duke. I, I had a big name, but uh, I wanted to play in the NBA. Like, I just always, like, college was cool. Even playing in high school was cool. But, like, I can, my memories, earliest memories is Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant, LeBron, AI. Like, my my wall was filled with just NBA players. No disrespect to college or anything, but I really wasn't, like, why I woke up every day to – to work out and be different. Like I always was obsessed with the NBA, just obsessed. Didn't miss a game, didn't miss anything. Collected cards. I had every jersey, just everything. So just me being in the NBA was just like the closest thing. And I felt like just my just my experience in summer league, just me like knowing like, man, I could play. Like I like this dude, he just got drafted. I'm way better than him. Well, this dude like playing the NBA five years, I'm way better than him. And then you know, I went to training camp with Cleveland. Um you know, I was really, really like, I had a really, really, really good camp. But the guy who I was, you know, you know, fighting, uh, competing for the spot for, he played in the league like four years. He was older than me. He was stronger than me. He had a, a great camp. Like he had a great camp. So, um, they ended up picking him the last day, and I was, I, I just felt I was right there. So, you know, when I made my decision, I was just like, man, I just want to stay. You know, kind of in the NBA. You know, uh, synergy. I want to be right here. I want to be able to go to games. I want to be able to, to be seen by NBA personnel on a day-to-day basis. And, uh, you know, it, I, I'm happy I made that decision. Now, granted, like playing at DeMatha, you're playing in front of sold-out gyms every night. You know, when you do something, it's going to be in, in the Washington Post the next day. Um, you go to Duke, when we lose, the crowd is storming the court. It's the first thing on SportsCenter. When we, like, it's we got 30 TV games, like, where everybody's biggest game, you know, everybody's coming to watch you play, whatever, whatever. But you're on the D League, you're playing in Erie, you're playing in South Dakota, you're playing in, you're playing on Facebook Live, where you know it's seventy people watching. Um, you're playing in these, and these just, and it was just a, it was, it was just a culture shock for me. But the only thing that remained the same was basketball, and you know, the Cavaliers obviously made me the guy on that team, so. You know, I got the ball from day one, and I had a great, great rookie year that year and uh, end up, you know, doing some cool things, having a good, you know, run there and propelled me to the NBA. But, you know, I don't know if if I could have did it without, you know, just the guys around me because they kept me, you know, hungry for sure. Bringing it back to Duke, your rookie year on Cleveland, didn't you stay with Kyrie? I feel like I read that somewhere. Can you talk more about your bond with Kyrie and how he also like helped motivate you and kind of just a different side of Kyrie that the media doesn't get to see because I feel like he gets criticized a lot for his beliefs, but clearly 
he pushes for his teammates. He supports yeah. people that he cares about. And I just want you to be able to explain what Kyrie means to you in a way that we Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kyrie's a, a big brother to me, a brother to me. We had the same birthday. He's literally um, exactly a year older than me. Um, you know, we got really, really close my junior year, his senior year in high school. We used to be on Skype like every night, me, him, Kendall Marshall, Tobias Harris. We used to be on Skype every night, literally every single night, just being kids, being teenagers. And, uh, you know, when he went to Duke, um, you know, Duke kind of stepped back a little bit away from me. But I remember, I'll never forget Coach K. Um, he kind of saw Kyrie like on a day-to-day basis when he was playing Team USA. And, you know, Kyle, uh, I'll never forget it. Coach K calls me. He's like, uh, I know, you know, we kind of, you know, fell back a little bit from you, Quinn. Not to say we fell back, but, you know, we just got Kyrie Irving. But this kid's not going to be here um, for longer than a year. So I have to get a big point guard in your class, blah, blah, blah. And like, Kyrie was so good. Coach K had to recruit me even harder because he knew Kyrie wasn't going to be there. But um, Kyrie was another, you know, big push for me to go to Duke. You know, he was a big advocate for me. Um, a lot of people don't even remember, you know, his his first year in the league, it was the lockout year. So they didn't start until, I want to say, like around Christmas or whatever. So my half of my first semester, Kyle was with us. He, he was at school. Uh, he was taking classes. He was working out every day, rehabbing his toe. And uh, we were with each other every day, like being college kids. Just, he was just in the NBA um, as well. So, um, you know, just a big brother to me. He's always been somebody um, I could I could count on. He's always been um, somebody who gives me, you know, just so much encouragement and love and advice and whatever. Just, you know, when we get together, we talk about basketball. Um, he's just, you know, one of the best people ever. And then, obviously, when I got to Cleveland, I was staying in the hotel like the first three days, and he he got to um, back to town from being in L.A. So, I managed to stay at the crib. He gave me his car, um, you know, um, <laughs> he literally woke me up every day because he he was the first in the gym. Like him and LeBron was the first two in the gym. He was waking me up every day. Um, so he'll drive, you know, because he had to be there really, really early for rehab. I'll go like 10 minutes after him. I'll drive his car. And uh, even when I got cut from, from um, the Cavs, I still stayed in his house. Instead of like, if we had like a couple practices in Canton, I would stay in the apartment they got in Canton, but I was going back and forth, you know, to his house and, you know, he was coming to games, him and LeBron and JR, they was coming to watch me play. And uh, it was just a bond that, like, just, like, I really have, like, I'm really living with Kyrie Irving. Like, because I'm still, like, always, like, even at 30 years old, like, even though these guys are my friends and my brothers and, you know, my business partners and just family forever, I'm still, like, that basketball, like, fan. And Savannah's like, this is really, like, LeBron. It's really, like, Kyrie. So, um and he and and they and they know that they understand. That. I think they that's why they like because I I'm just real like genuine and, and pure like I just love hoop. So um, just to live with him to see he's like one of the most talented people you ever see. Like he can sing, he can like throw like a ninety five uh, miles per hour baseball. He do, he he literally can do anything like in his world. So uh, just to see like a, a talent like that, it was fun to be around. And uh, you know he's one of he's one of the best people ever. I was not aware that Kyrie can sing. Um, yeah. So that's yeah. kind of, <laughs> yeah. that's something I'm going to like stick in my brain. Just be like, I wonder yeah. what songs Kyrie sings and it's just, just being around the house. But you mentioned being a fan of the game. You've obviously gotten to play with some of the greats. You've been able to play with LeBron, Kyrie, KD, uh, all the guys on the Warriors. Can you tell us what 
you've learned from some of those guys. Obviously, we're going to talk about your journey with the Warriors yeah. and the Lakers, but being a fan of the game and just being around them, what are some of your favorite moments that you've got to experience being around yeah. these greats? I've, I've had so many moments, but I think the best part um, that I always just take away, that I always tell my family, is just like how like genuine they are. Like all the great players, um, and I've been lucky to have relationships with all of them prior to probably just one part. Like Clay, I didn't have a relationship with Clay prior um, to being with the Warriors. We played against each other once, but like I didn't have a relationship. But anybody else, I had like a prior relationship, so which I was truly thankful for, um, because a lot of young guys coming to the league, they don't have that. Um, so, you know, you try to find vets, you try to, you know, get approved, approval from, you know, the stars or whatever. And so that's kind of like one of the hardest parts is going to a team as a young guy and the whole franchise is around this one star, these two stars. So I was extremely lucky because every team that I went to, I had, you know, prior relationships and and and, and I was really tight with the stars. So um, first thing I would just say how genuine they are, just how good, good people they are. Like I never played with the star who was, wasn't a good person who didn't treat, you know, people right. Like didn't tr talk to the managers and the janitors and the ball boys and the trainers, any type of way. Like all the, the people that I had was around was just good people first, obviously um, their love for the game and they're just different. Um, but uh, I would just say just how genuine they are and just how much they love who, like you would think how much money they made, they got families and stuff like that. You see them, them get into other, you know, business ventures and you know some of them are you know mega 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 stars like mega stars but um it all comes back to how much they love basketball which is something that's very eye-opening because you see a lot of people say ah oh, some people in the nba don't love hoop or blah 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 like a lot that's just that's just human nature a lot of people's not gonna you know want to talk about basketball um or want to talk about their job 24 7 but some do and all the stars that i've been around literally they're like all about basketball. So that was, it made me feel good as just a basketball purist, as a basketball fan um, that, you know, the great, the, the great players are, 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 are basketball fanatics. So um, that's probably the, the biggest thing I always take away from all the guys that I play with. Do you remember what it was like getting that call up and kind of replacing Steph for the time being? Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting. Like, so, you know, I got called up to Dallas, on a 10 day and uh, I played really well um, for like my first ever NBA action, like real NBA action. I played well, but they were in a transition to where they already had, didn't matter like what it was, I was gonna be cut regardless. So I did a 10 day there. Um, I went back to Cleveland. I played one more D-League game. Then I got a 10 day with the Pelicans. They signed me to a two year deal. Um, First year, obviously, was that the end of the year was prorated, and then the next year was non-guaranteed, so I had to, you know, make the team. This summer league, got first team all summer league, like, was killing. Like, probably was playing the best basketball in my career at that point. Um, they get Rondo, and they get Darius Miller, obviously, the business. Odd man out contract, Quinn, we cut you. Um, didn't know what I was going to do. Grant Hill, um, you know, just at the time, he just became a minority owner of the Hawks. Makes a phone call. The Hawks bring me in. I had a really – we played the Hawks twice in Summer League, and I had like 28, 29 um, both times. And, uh, you know, so when the training came with the Hawks, and, like, I went from, like, trying to be Drew Holiday's backup in New Orleans and getting cut to – when I started playing in uh, 
I started playing in Atlanta. We were playing pickup, and they were they just got rid of Dwight Howard. They just got rid of Millsap. They just got rid of Corver. They just got rid of like Jeff T. They got rid of all these guys. They were they were re um, rebuilding. So I get there. We playing pickup. Like first two weeks, I'm like, I might be the third best player on this team. Like you know what I'm saying. So I just went from like trying to make the Pelicans to like playing pickup and stuff. I'm like, oh, like. I might, you know, I might be like one of the better players on this team, the Hawks. And uh, man, camp came and just I never played a preseason. Like the first game I played, I played probably had like 14 points, and I never played again. Like I didn't play, I didn't play a second. So, um, and it's crazy, funny story. It's like I think if I would have made it to, I think train, I think training camp was over. Training camp was over like on Saturday, and we played our last game on Thursday. I didn't play. Um, and the whole time, you know, my agent, like, you're good. Like, you're good. Once you make it to this day to 10, you're killing the practice. But I'm telling them, like, yo, like, I haven't even been playing. Like, like you good. You good. Trust me. So I'm like, yo, I've been living in a suitcase for the last three years. It's my third year going. It's my third year. I've been living in a suitcase. I need somewhere to live at. Like, everybody's telling me I need to get an apartment. Like, I'm good. My agent's like, you're good. Like, I'm like, all right, now, look. I ain't made a lot of money, so I'm about to get this apartment. You sure I'm good? He's like, you straight. So I never forget it. So Friday comes, it was an off day, and my contract was guaranteed the next day. So I go in there, optional workout, be doing like two on twos. I play, I'm, you know, I'm doing what I do, whatever. And uh the vibe is good. And I had just moved into my apartment that Friday, and I'm moving everything. I'm getting movers, I'm getting mounters, like. Now my TV, I'm getting everything. I had a couple friends um, help me. John Collins, who was a rookie, who was my teammate, he was helping me and stuff because he lived in my building. And literally, like, me and him sit down on the couch, and I put my phone down, I put my feet up, I put my favorite movie on, Five Heartbeats. And literally, like, I, as soon as the movie, like, starts going, and my, I always keep my phone on silent, I just look down at my phone, it was my agent. And he was like, yeah, they were going to wage you. They just made a trade for Richard Jefferson. I'm like, oh, my gosh, bro, I just got an apartment. Like, bro, like you told me I was good. So, like I said, it was a Friday night. So, that night, I just was like, man, I'm done. Like, I called Nolan, Nolan Smith. I called him. I called KD. I'm like, yo, I'm probably going to take this year off. Like, I'm going to just chill because I wasn't trying to go overseas. I'm like, I'm going to just take this year off. I'm a buck because I can't go back to the D-League. I done did everything in the D-League, like. I just gonna take a year off. Like Nola was like, man, you emotional. Just do me a favor. Have fun tonight. Call me in the morning. So like we went out, like me and my friends, we went out, we went out all night. We get back in the in the in the, in my apartment like 7 a.m. We go to sleep. I probably wake up like two. I woke up. I had like 12 missed calls from Steve Kerr. I had like 10 missed calls from my agent. And I had like two from Bob Tanner. Even KD called me once. KD called me once. So I call Steve, I saw, I call my agent, I'm like, yo, what's up? Like, man, Warriors trying to sign you, they need you to get on the plane right now. So I'm like, all right, cool. Call Steve, they get it done. But I went from, you know, mentally like wanting to quit, but my my, my brothers wouldn't, that's the only time where I had in my head, like, man, I want to quit like this, but my brothers wouldn't let me. And then like funny story is like, the Hawks were the last team in the league that year. No disrespect to the organization, the coaching staff, the players, those are my guys, but they were the worst team in the league that year. So I got cut by the worst team and literally I got signed by the defending champs in an hour. I mean, in, in some hours. So like, 
it was just a reminder, like, man, look, this is what happens when you stay down. Like, that's what happens when you kind of question God. Like, this is what happens when he's going to show you. Like, God always going to show you, like, I'm in control. Like, don't ever worry. I'm in control. So, um, and I was ready for it. And, you know, step went down a couple times. I was ready. And uh, the rest was history. So you play with the Warriors. You get your first ring. Do you remember, like, what you felt in that moment? Like, obviously, I will never know what it's like to be the NBA champion. But for you to have all this, like, trials and tribulations in your yeah. journey, what was it like being like, I, like, I've made it? Yeah. It was the best feeling ever. It was the best feeling ever. It was literally the best. It was just like all the all the, the late nights, all the early mornings, all the being cut, all the being doubted, all the naysayers, all the trolls on social media, all the whatever, all the stuff I had been through, it was worth it um, for that moment. And to win it in Cleveland, like my dad was from Cleveland. Um, Cleveland is where I started my first NBA journey. Um, I think my, my best series that playoffs was against New Orleans, who cut me that, that last year. And I ain't going to say his name, but the GM at the time, you know, I, I, I had some resentment for him. And, then, you know, after, you know, we beat them in game five, he came up to me and was like, you know, I made a mistake, man. You're an NBA player, man. You're a reason why y'all going to win a championship. That was like the best feeling. And then times that times too, when we end up actually winning it and coming home and, you know, being like, quote, unquote, the man. And for, for, for like a, for like that summer, it was, it was great. It was great. And, uh, it was no feeling, but it makes like the whole journey better. Like, and it just makes you go harder for more. Like that feeling. I remember Jr. when we were shaking hands. Obviously, we beat the Cavs. We were shaking hands after. He's like, "Man, it's gonna be the best summer of your life." Just mentally, you're just gonna be in a different space. And I always like when I was going through that whole summer, I would always go back to when Switch told me that, and just like everything that I had worked for. So like, if I saw like a negative comment on Twitter, like or oh, whatever, I just never even I just laughed at it because. I might have react. I never would. I never would react like. I never would react like. Actually replying, but I might read something or read it twice, or I might block somebody. But you know that summer it was just like, mm, okay, all right, cool, more motivation. So, um, literally the best feeling ever. Literally, um, because you were also an integral part of that playoff run. Like yep. you were a part of the starting lineup too, which I feel like a lot of people discredit as well. This is this whole podcast is me just like upping people that I feel like thank you so, so much that means a lot thank, so thank like, you so like if I'm repeating a lot of things for listeners it's because I just need these people to get their flowers real quick um you talked about the summer did you celebrate at Rose Bar I feel like I feel like <sighs> I want to know like what what is a summer after being a championship like in DC oh, yeah I ain't gonna lie so I came home I had a, a championship party at St. Eve's on Saturday and I had a championship party at Rose Bar on Sunday. And it was it was so fun. I had all my friends come out. Like it was crazy. Um uh Stefan Diggs pulled up, Sha Glizzy pulled up, all the depot, like all like the stars of stars, like in our city, like came out to support me. Um nah, it was great. It it, it was it was fun. It was fun. I, I should have. I should have known that Tony would have been the first to. to you make know, that. you know, <laughs> he would have known for sure. Oh, it was only right. I couldn't do it. I, I couldn't. The first one I had to do it to him. I had to do it with my boy. Of course. Um. So then you go to the Lakers, which. Hold on. You go to the Lakers, which your dad was a fan of, and this yeah. is where I want to talk about your dad a little bit because you lost yeah. your dad when you were yep. young. Um. And what did it mean 
getting signed to the Lakers, did you automatically yeah. think about that relationship or like what was your thought process? Going? Yeah. So my dad, my dad, like I said, he was from Cleveland, but um, you know, the Lakers was his team growing up. He was he played Q too. That's why my name is Quinn, obviously. Um so the purple and gold was in my blood. So I I remember like I was the biggest Michael Jordan fan, but uh my dad always loved the Lakers and then obviously Kobe came just I was just obsessed with the Lakers. So um it was Lakers everything for me and my dad. And literally like we would watch the games together on school nights. He'll let me, you know, I lay on his back and we'll watch the first half and he'll make me go upstairs. But I would like kind of like sneak back downstairs to like watch it from like outside the room. Um when the Lakers lost, I would cry. They would make fun of me at school. And when they won, you know, I would talk the most trash out of anybody. Um, my dad actually, you know, I had got some good grades my when I was in the third or fourth grade. Um, we won a national championship. So the next year he took me out there for spring break and we went to like three Lakers games, like literally the best, like <laughs> as a kid, like and the I was just so thankful. Um and you know, he just loved the Lakers. He just loved the Lakers. Like if he didn't, if he didn't have his stuff on, like he was wearing Lakers stuff. He had Andrew Bynum jerseys, he had Lamar Odom jerseys, he had Smush Parker jerseys, he had 12 Shaq jerseys, 30 Kobe. I mean, he was a Laker fanatic. So, um, yeah, I think um, me making that transition from the Warriors to the Lakers, that was kind of like my draft. That was my draft day, like, because I didn't get drafted. That was like my draft day when I when I signed the Lakers. And then literally, like, the main reason why I wanted to was, was for my dad. Like, I felt like um, – it was the best honor for him, like for a guy to 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 have his son play for his favorite team. Like, I don't think you know a father like that. That's the biggest you know dream as for a father. So uh, you know, I, I want to do that to honor him, and uh, you know, to win a championship with this team was just even crazier. So um, yeah, I'm happy I did it. I don't think I don't think that uh, you know. I would have won it any other way. That second championship, do you think it meant more because you got to honor your dad or did it mean just as much? Obviously, it's two different scenarios. But Yeah. Um, I thought the first one meant more. I thought the first one meant more just from everything I had been through. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was really, like, out there, like, playing. Like, I, the, 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 the Laker one was different. Because it was the COVID year, so we had to take a pause. We had to go to the bubble. Um, but I appreciate the Laker one more from a just from a human standpoint because we all had to sacrifice. Um, you know, that all of 2020 was great. Kobe passing away. Um, and we had like directly deal with that. Like all of everybody in the world. I never saw a death that affected the entire world like Kobe um in, in, in my lifetime. So we all dealt with it, but just being on that team, like, like you're on a team with Rob Palenka, who's our GM, who was his agent and best friend, or Rob Laura, who was his security and right hand man, with Judy Seto, who's who was his trainer and go to person for the last twenty years. Jason Kidd was his point. I mean, it was just so like LeBron was his rival slash little brother slash heir apparent. So it was just like direct. Like, so that was really, really tough on all of us. Then to go through COVID, obviously everybody um, in the world, um, you know, had to go through that and 
being away from the team for three months and then going to the bubble for three months. Like I'm closer. I've never been on a team as close as that team. Um, and it started with Brown and AD and, you know, we had a great group and I was, the bubble was so fun. And to win the championship was great, but you know, it just wasn't outside. Like it wasn't like we ain't had no parade, no fans, you know, I thought the Laker nation, the best fans ever, they should, they deserve to celebrate that championship with us. Like we ain't get no parade. They couldn't run on the court. We couldn't like we were in the bubble. So, um, but I appreciate that one more just because with the lineage, but obviously the warrior one just means more to me just because like I was really out there. Like I was really out there from the D league and really on 10 day contracts to, you know, starting for the Warriors and playing and hitting shots in the finals and stuff. So, um, that Warriors one was special, and 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 the Lakers one like meant more to like my family and to everyone around because they noticed the history about my dad. So I'm happy we got it done on both ends for sure. Um, you mentioned the bubble. I've only been able to ask one person about the bubble, which is like your teammate. I got to talk to KCP about it a little. Um, yep, yep. but what was the bubble like for you? Because I feel like the stories you hear it's either like a hit or a miss. Yeah. But I'm always just like so curious about that experience. Yeah. No one can really understand it unless you're in it. Yeah. I I mean, for me, it was cool. Like, I'm low maintenance. So, like, I don't need much. Man. We had good Wi-Fi. We got good food. Um, I got So, I was playing the video game. And I was hanging out with my teammates. Like, But that's the thing. is like, when you saw other – and this is no shade to no knock to anybody. It just is what it is. When you would see, like, another team, you might see one or two of them. Or, like, you know, like, if you've seen the Lakers, like, it was all of us. It was, like, six or seven of us at a time. We did everything together. We were, it would remember the verses, they were doing verses like on, on Instagram Live. Like we would literally treated those like concerts. We had a Madden tournament. Um, I mean, Bron just like, I mean, and that all comes from Bron. Like Bron just makes everything like just fun and loose. And man, we had so much fun. And our our, our clique was me, Dudley, AD, Bron, and KCP. And uh, we literally, we all five of us did everything together. Like literally like, we had our routine. We had our, man, it was so fun. So um, for three straight months, for 96 days, like we were with each other for 96 days straight doing everything together, doing everything. So um, it was fun. Like I had fun. Um, what made it tough, a little tough for me, like I wasn't playing. Like I came from really contributing to the Warriors the last two years who, you know, won a championship and lost in the finals. So not like I didn't play. Like I didn't didn't get any, you know, playoff um you know, I was never in the rotation during the playoffs, which was frustrating as a competitor. But obviously, you know, we were winning. You know, I was sitting behind LeBron and Rondo, two Hall of Fame point guards. So um, I was still learning. But, you know, just still a little frustrated just being a competitor not playing. But, you know, it was, it was all worth it at the end. We won. And, uh, you know, they they appreciated me because they would ask me so many questions because I've won. I understood the game. So I was helping a lot. I was with Bron um, and Rondo late at night watching film, putting my input and uh they're respecting my, you know, my feedback and stuff. So, you know, I, I definitely, I contributed in a different way, but, you know, we're competitive. We're going to be on that court. You want to be shooting, you want to be scoring, we're playing defense. So, um, but the bubble was great. The bubble was great. I'm happy the NBA, you know, came up with a plan to get it done. And uh, like I said, I can always say, you know, um, I won a championship with my childhood team, the Lakers. So I'm definitely thankful for that. I do have one question that I'm curious. You mentioned watching the verses. Do you have a favorite verses that you remember watching or just like seeing on Instagram? Um, my favorite verses, obviously, um, selfishly with Gucci and Jeezy, just because the rivalry and that's like 
I grew up on Gucci and Jeezy. Like me and my friends, like ain't talked to each other for a while because we would have heated arguments on Gucci and Jeezy. Like you had to pick a side um, with Gucci and Jeezy. And I grew up, I grew up being in PG. Um, we grew up in the go-go scene. So like, you know, go-go was a big thing. And, and Gucci and Jeezy was like two of the biggest go-go go -go artists. Like when I say that, it's like anytime Gucci and Jeezy dropped a new song or a new project, the go-go bands were taking it. Like Gucci and Jeezy were the two of the biggest. So uh, like even my, my best friend today, uh, his name's Twitty. He's like the biggest Gucci fan ever. If you say anything about Gucci, he's like upset. So um, that was just because I knew the rivalry and for them to get on stage and, 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 and mend it and perform. So icy together at the end was great. That was fun. I think the biggest one that I ain't watched that in the bubble though. I think the biggest one we were. I think it was D, I think it was DMX versus Snoop Dogg. Well, it was Snoop. Was it Snoop? I think it was Snoop Dogg. Yeah, yeah. It was it was that one. And then Rick Ross was like, I think he battled two chains. Those were like the two big ones. Yeah. So I remember that. Like we really treated that like a real concert. That was crazy. See, the Gucci one made me nervous because I think he did truth, and I was like, this yeah, is yeah. Uh, this is a little yeah. They definitely did through. Watch this. They definitely um, did through. I'm kind of jealous that you grew up in the GoGo era because I feel like I'm 24. So when yeah. GoGo got to me, things were kind of dying out. And the only popular GoGo song that I kind of remember now is "Hello." And I'm just jealous that you got to experience that. But <laughs> okay, so you are an executive producer. You did two films. One it was Basketball County, talking about PG. Can you yeah. talk about your involvement in that and how you kind yeah. of? Got a that. Yeah, my business partner Jimmy, one of my best friends in the world. We grew up together. Jimmy Jenkins, he's um director, he's a producer. Um, he's done movies, he's done, you know, plays, he's done a lot. So we were doing something together on, you know, the excellence in PG County, just with sports, really. Um, you know, we have boxers here, we have NFL players, we have, you know, so much rich tradition, not just basketball, sports, but obviously basketball was kind of like the this is this is what's gonna get us out here just because we had so much basketball. Um, and so uh, you know, I went to school for theater. I graduated from Duke with a, with a theater in a theater degree. Um, and uh, you know, I was with Golden State and you know, Rich and Kevin, you know, I I got like every day after practice, I'll go to Kevin's house. So, you know, we're just in there talking and Rich was telling me, like, he was like, Man, you know, you know, me and Kevin about to start doing this, um, you know, think about, you know, y'all. Y'all County, you know, PG. And I'm like, man, it's crazy. Like me and Jimmy, you know, my business partner, um, Kevin knows him. Like we're doing something too. Like we're doing something. He was like, my mom's just do it together. So, you know, we end up doing it together. All four of us got together. They had their guy um, come in, you know, we brought in Vic to uh, be another EP. And it was fun. Like being a part of that, you know, um, um, process was great. Like they would send me like rough drafts and what you think. Like, you know, I tell Rich, like, who is this? Me and Kevin, like, no, this is, this person, like he's important to like, it was, it, it was good to you know, be a part of that, um, that just that process. And uh, obviously with Kevin and Rich's name on it, it went to Showtime and they sold the Showtime and Kevin didn't feel like doing like none of like the press runs. So I was doing, I was on like NBC. I was on all the small, like, I was doing, I was like, man, Kevin don't want to do it. Cause we was, we was in quarantine. Like I'm like, man, I don't got no haircut, but I'll do anything y'all want. So I remember like leading up to it, like I had five days, like I had five straight days. Like I had like 20 things a day, but we wasn't doing nothing else. So that was fun. Um, and uh, it was something to just, you know, give homage to the people who did it before us, who laid down the foundations, um, you know, for us as a community, like 
our community small, but uh, you know, to have that spotlight uh, for for that one time, and it's still on there. If you go to Showtime, you can go watch it right now. So like, just to say, you know, our county has a documentary and my name's on it is just like a dream come true. And for Kevin and Rich to make us feel a part of that, well, to not make us to actually put us, you know, part of it was great. And then, uh, you know, me and Jimmy have a lot of stuff going. Like my my um my best friend from college, Jack Davis, he's a famous um you know a uh, producer and director. His father's actually the famous producer, John Davis. So um you know he comes from you know a rich tradition of you know in film and you know he he's works hard and he he's doing his own thing and he's made um his name a household name. So uh he's another partner of mine. We have some stuff. We're working on obviously me and Jimmy just announced we're coming out with Comeback Kids, a, a story about, you know, a middle school team. Um, it's gonna be a great story. Obviously, I'm highlighting the film as well because I, you know, became their mentor and their big brother. So um definitely was was great to be a part of that process. And I, I told Jimmy, like, I want to be a part of the, the entire process. So, you know, voiceovers to scripting to, you know, um different scenes and uh, you know, it, it was great. So um, you know, just trying to give back to the to the community, try to put out some great content, um, you know, highlight not just the positive, you know, every, every, every story doesn't have to be about, you know, somebody dying or, you know, coming from, you know, poverty, you know, PG County, it's the richest black county in America. You know, I think that should be highlighted. Um, obviously we have some rough parts, um, but everybody has some rough parts, but, you know, I think sometimes, you know, content is based towards the negative instead of the positive. So we're kind of just, trying to base, you know, our content to more positive things. My last question is, what do you want your legacy to be? What do you want to be remembered for? And like, what do you want your fans yeah. to Yeah, no, that's a great question. Um, I think, I think how you, you know, intro, you know, um, you know, me, just my story just being like, you know, full of grit and adversity and just never quitting. Like, um, a lot of people show like, you know, um, my story to like teams and, and kids and you know I have moms just coming to me like you know you're a good basketball player you're a great person but you know you're a great role model for my son because you didn't quit um and still like I'm still at I feel like I'm I, it's harder for me now to find motivation like back then like I didn't have nothing I didn't have a a championship that I could you know um put on my resume I didn't have any money um, so it was easy for me to get up and, and sacrifice. But now with all that stuff and, you know, you know, I got some money now. So it's kind of like, what's your motivation? But like, I challenge myself every day. Like I haven't, I'm back at square one. I'm still trying to get back in the NBA. So all the stuff that I tell kids in camps and I tell um, everybody, I'm living it because I'm trying to get back. So um, I just think the fact that I never quit, um, like I've been through so much adversity in my life, but I always try to find a way and it's tough. Like there's, there's days like I complain, um, you know, why me, why this and that. But, um, you know, I have a circle around me that doesn't let me do that. They let me get it off for a little second and then they bring me back down. But the work is always going to be the work. I always take pride in I'm working. And uh, this time in my life, like, I think it's a lesson. Um, I've picked up other things in business. I've picked up some stuff. So when I retire, I'll be, 10 steps ahead of, of what I would have been. So um, definitely just using this time to really like take a next step in, in, in my career in life, but also knowing like I still can play at a high, 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 high level. But um, to answer your question, I just want to be remembered as a great person, um, genuine who helped the community, who who, who was able 
for the community to touch and really see and, and, and really um, be a pillar in the community and uh, just a winner. Like I just want, I just want to win and uh, really just be a good person. I don't you know, just high character, high character guy. That's really it. Well, I think the way that you've shown me grace, like I said, off camera, like we've been trying to do this interview for three months. Yeah, months. yeah and I, 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 I apologize. I'm so sorry. No, it's also on me. I kind of just like went away for a month. <laughs> so that's really on me. But I do appreciate you showing up and telling your story because it is something that I think a lot of people need to hear and just like not quitting. It's a lot of determination and grit and hard work. And I just appreciate you for sharing Thank your you. journey. Thank you. This was so fun. You're really, really good. Thank and you. Anytime you want me to come back on, please let me know. Listen, please I'm. I have this recorded. I'm trying to come back and be like, hey, like I need you on the show. Well, thank you so much. I promise you, whenever. This was so fun. Thank you so much. This was great.